Mark chapter 8. And if you're able to stand, please stand with us for the reading of the Word of God. We ended up last week on verse 13. Um, Jesus had just been dealing with these Pharisees who wanted to see a sign. We talked about that. Those who are seeking for a sign. And Jesus has some very direct words about that. Verse 13 says, and he left them. He not only left them, he left the area. Entered into a ship again, departed to the other side. Which brings us to verse 14. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. Now, when you think about a loaf of bread, you think about a loaf of bread that we think about, but really a loaf in their day would be homemade, home-baked, and just a, probably a small little loaf, and there's 13 men in the boat. So as you can imagine, um, that won't last long. And so they're concerned about that. They recognize that in verse 15, and he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. They knew they forgot the bread. 14, verse 15 Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Verse 16, they assumed he was referring to the fact that they forgot the bread. They reasoned among themselves, saying, it's because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, why reason ye because we ha you have no bread? Perceive ye not, yet neither understand? Have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes see ye not, and having ears hear ye not, and do you not remember? You know, it would be one thing for Jesus to talk to you that directly in a group this big. You know, you can be in a group this size, and, and you can sort of dodge what's being said. You know, nobody's going to know the difference. But when it's just you and tw 11 other people... And Jesus is looking to you eyeball to eyeball. It's kind of hard to escape, right? And he's saying some pretty direct things to them. Verse 19. When I break the five loaves among 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments took you up? They say unto him, twelve. And when the seven among 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments took you up? And they said, seven. And he said unto them, how is it? that you do not understand. And we'll stop reading there. The focus of our attention really will be on verse 15, this warning that Jesus gave them. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And let's pray and get into the scripture together. All right, Father, thank you for your word. We come today, Lord, wanting to hear from you. We want, we want to learn. Lord, we want to receive the Word of God into our lives. So I pray that today you would speak to us through your Word, speak clearly, help us to be attentive. Lord, we pray that you would prevent distractions from causing us to miss what you have for us. 
I pray that you'd speak to all of our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to begin this, this morning by, by talking for a few minutes about something that I find interesting. I even find it helpful. And that's what I want to call the humanity of the disciples. I mean, you think about these 12 people, uh, these disciples that were in the boat with Jesus, traveled over with Jesus, traveled with him extensively. And these were men that often displayed great faith. I mean, they did. Peter walked on the water. They, God used them in remarkable ways. They were courageous at times. But we also see how human they were. And I like to think about that sometimes because I get, I'm hard on me sometimes. And uh, the, the way I think, the way I feel, the way I fail... But so we're looking at the humanity of these disciples. Number one, they were they were forgetful at times. They forgot to take bread. They didn't say who was responsible, who's, who was had the bread job today. But whoever it was didn't take bread, and it wasn't just for one person. It was for the whole team. And apparently, they were somebody discovered that. Somebody said, "Oh no, you know, we forgot." We forgot the bread. And so when they said that in verse 15, Jesus brought up the issue of the leaven of the Pharisees. Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Now again, talking about their humanity, look in verse 16. They reason among themselves saying it is because we have no bread. He, the reason he's asking us about this leaven of the Pharisees is because we forgot the bread. Again, we're talking about the humanity of Jesus. As soon as he said leaven, they thought about the bread. That was, and that, by the way, that wasn't even what he was talking about. We're talking about the humanity of the disciples, excuse me. So they jumped to this conclusion. They, you know, they added one and one and came up to three. You know, he's, he knows we forgot the bread. He's chiding us for forgetting the food. But I see in that, again, these common traits that we have to, to jump to conclusions, to hear one thing and start thinking it's something entirely different than what was intended. And it wasn't just one of them. Verse 16 says, they reasoned among themselves. and said it's be- So they got their heads together and says, this is why he asked us about the leaven. All of us agree, it's because of the bread. It's because we forgot the bread. And it was a false assumption. They were completely off target. Things aren't always as they appear. So Jesus, obviously in verse 17, he knew what they were thinking. Jesus knew it. And so then he asked them, why reason you because you have no bread? And he he spoke to all of them at the same time. By the way, it's good to be reminded that Jesus knows what we're thinking. Always. You know, we, we want to take careful note of our lives and our actions because they matter. And we want to make sure our words are right because they matter. But you know, it helps even beyond that to judge our thoughts. Because as we think in our mind, usually it's going to affect what we say and what we do. We're talking about the humanity of the disciples. So Jesus digs down at this point. He begins to probe further. If you look in verse 17... Why reason ye because you have no bread? Why are you even thinking like this? 
Now, it's interesting to me, and I really want us to, and this is not the main part of the message, but it is important because it's in the scripture, that Jesus dealt so personally with these followers of his. They had just left the Pharisees. The Pharisees, he had firmly, strongly rebuked because they wanted to see a sign, but they weren't sincere. They did that to tempt him. And Jesus was straightforward with them. And I can see, if I'd have been in that group, if I'd have been there, and Jesus is just really pointing out the sins of the Pharisees, I'd be thinking, this is good stuff. Let them have it, right? Yes. But when Jesus got in the boat with just them, he begins to deal very personally about things in their life as well. I think it's worth thinking about Because somehow people seem to have a notion, even those who are saved, this kind of a notion that really God is okay with whatever we do, God's okay with whatever we say, God's okay with whatever we think. But I want to tell you, nothing could be further from the truth than that. If God deals very personally in the lives of lost people, I would suggest He's going to deal even more personally in the lives of his own children. And that's what he's doing here in verse 17. He says, Perceive ye not yet? Perception is what you see. The way they were seeing things, the way they were looking at things, were not correct. In verse 17 he says also, Neither understand. They weren't understanding. They they didn't understand what Jesus was saying. They weren't understanding what Jesus was trying to communicate. They didn't understand that he wasn't talking about bread when he mentions the leaven of the Pharisees. And in verse eighteen, he says, "You have eyes, don't you? Can't you see? Having eyes, see ye not? Having ears, hear ye not?" They were not seeing things. People often didn't see things. Remember when Jesus talked to Nicodemus about being born again, he thought he was talking about a physical birth. When he talked about the woman at the well, about this water she could drink and she'd never thirst again, she thought he was talking about physical water. In John's Gospel, he talked about eating flesh and drinking his blood. They thought he was talking about it literally eating the flesh and the blood of Jesus. The point being, they, weren't, they didn't always understand. We're talking about the humanity of disciples. They didn't always understand. Verse 18, he says, uh, Do you not remember? Don't you remember? And what does he bring up? Verse 19, feeding the 5,000. Verse 20, feeding the 4,000. They witnessed these great miracles. Think about this. They witnessed him personally feed at least 10,000 people. Minimum 10,000 people with nothing, and now they think he's upset because they don't have enough to eat. That doesn't even make sense, does it? Doesn't make sense. They'd forgotten. We have the same tendency sometimes to forget what God has done. God directs us and provides for us and helps us in many ways, then all of a sudden we have a hiccup in our life and we all of a sudden act like God's never been there for us. The humanity of the disciples. Verse 17, he says, Have ye your heart yet hardened? Their hearts were dull and callous. He said the same thing to him in Mark chapter 6. We're not going to look at that. 
Interesting, when Matthew records this same incident we're looking at here, Mark chapter 8, when Matthew records it in chapter 16, he said this, oh, Jesus said, oh, he records it, Jesus said, O oh, ye of little faith, why reason you among yourselves? Because you brought no bread. He says it's a lack of faith. You're living like you don't have any faith. I take the time to mention those things today because sometimes we can see ourselves in this same predicament, this same place, doubting, jumping to conclusions, failing to understand what's really happening, having amnesia, forgetting the things that God has done for us so many times in our past, being unbelieving rather than full of faith. And so if you've ever seen yourself there, and you probably have, it's comforting to know you're not the only one. These disciples were there. I'm glad for the fact that in the Bible, God doesn't just picture these followers of Jesus as, as being perfect and never having any flaws or mistakes. Aren't you glad for that? They're like us. They struggle sometimes. So the first thing we note here in chapter 8 is the humanity of the disciples. Now let's look, though, in verse 15 at the warning of Jesus. He charged them in verse 15 saying, Take heed... Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. Take heed and beware. So this is a warning. A serious warning. Take heed. Hey, take heed means pay attention to this. Focus on this. Beware. You know, if God gives us a warning, wouldn't you, wouldn't you reckon that we ought to take that seriously? A warning from God? Warning signs are important. You ever been driving on a road and Somehow you missed that sign that has a this on it, a left turn. You almost go through the barbed wire fence into the neighbor's yard. Warnings matter. Warnings matter. You know, back in about the time I was born, um, they began to discover some health concerns about smoking cigarettes back in the 50s. In 1965, they began for the very first time posting on a cigarette package these Surgeon General warnings that could be hazardous to your health. It's, it's, not, it's not smart to disregard warnings. And Jesus is giving a warning here. What was the danger, he said? Beware, in verse 15, of the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware of this leaven of the Pharisees. Now, Jesus had just finished in... The verses previous to this, as I mentioned earlier, Jesus had just finished in verse 11 rebuking the Pharisees, rebuking them for their hypocrisy. We talked about this at great length last Sunday morning, how they would, they said, we just need another sign. We want to see another sign. And yet Jesus, some of the time they asked for a sign was just after Jesus raised somebody from the dead or just after he walked on the water or just after he feed fed 5,000 people, and they're saying, we want to see a sign. And Jesus said, they're, they're hypocrites. They're not sincere. They, who were the Pharisees? They were strict, hypercritical Jews. And what is leaven? Look again in verse, verse 15. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Leaven is like yeast. I, I have to confess to you, I've never... Uh, baked a loaf of bread from scratch. 
I did one time try to make homemade biscuits, and that was the extent of that. But the Bible uses leaven numerous times in the Scripture, and um, Old Testament and New Testament. Jesus was once gave it as an example of how the kingdom of God was. He said, it's like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. That gives us a picture of what leaven is like and what leaven does. Leaven starts small. Leaven is hidden in the mass. But leaven spreads until it permeates what leaven does. That's why it's such a good example. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Leaven almost always, and maybe always, even in this matter about the kingdom, it symbolizes sin. It symbolizes impurities that contaminate. Uh, In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. The church in Corinth had many issues He was dealing in particular with a moral issue that should have been dealt with by the church. The church did not deal with it. And then he says this to them, Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the what? The whole lump. Don't you know that just a little bit of leaven leaveneth? leaveneth the whole lump. Now don't miss, it's a simple illustration, but it's an important illustration. That's what leaven does. Leaven spreads. Leaven, leaven just doesn't just stay in. If you put, if you put yeast, a leaven, in a small piece or large piece of bread, you put a little bit of leaven there, it doesn't just remain there. It spreads. It permeates. Beware of the leaven. This is a warning. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And, I want to talk about this for a moment in a general way and come right back to this matter of the leaven of the Pharisees. Because it's not just the, le- it's not just the Pharisees' teachings or hypocrisy that were leaven-like. Sin is like leaven. That's why he says to the Corinthian church, this, this sin, if you don't deal with the sin, it's only going to spread. Any sin is like leaven. Now please, don't let this simple thought Go over your head, in one ear, out the other, and disregard it. Any sin will be like leaven. Moral sins, lust, corrupt thinking, any sin that is not dealt with and removed will only increase. It will only grow. I, know, I, know, I can't convince some people that. They, they believe they can dabble in pornography or they can, they can dabble in lying. And I'll just tell an occasional lie and it's not, it doesn't really matter. I'm telling you, you're deceived. Amen. Sin spreads. Amen. Sin permeates. Sin wants to control. Even unbelief, worry, procrastination. I'm going to do this one of these days. Why is it we make goals at the end of December, 1st of January, and we we fail to accomplish them, and then we say next year we're going to do it? it? It can be the sin of procrastination. It can be the sin of pride. It'll conquer and control a person's life. It can be the sin of bitterness that will eventually destroy a person emotionally and spiritually. It could be fear or dishonesty or greed 
or selfishness, any sin left unchecked will continue to spread. That's just the nature of sin. That's why we have this warning. Take heed and beware. Sin by its nature increases and spreads. That's why James says, sin when it is finished bringeth forth what? Death. It'll bring forth death. Sin is not something to be tolerated and excused and played with and pampered. There's a strong warning. As I was studying this and preparing for this lesson, it came to my mind a passage of Scripture in Psalm 119, that great psalm, that lengthy psalm, Psalm 119. But the very first verse of Psalm 119 says, Blessed are the undefiled who walk in the law of the Lord. You know what undefiled means? They're keeping their life clean. Blessed are the undefiled. You'd never convince me of that when I was in my lost state. I thought blessed or happiness was getting your way and living in sin and sinning and getting away with. That's what I thought. But you know what? I was wrong. Because sin wants to destroy us and control us, damage us, steal our reputation. Corrupt our conscience. That's what sin does. But, and by the way, the only way to be unspotted, that's what undefiled means, unspotted or upright, is to be cleansed and forgiven. And the only way to be cleansed and forgiven before God is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and His death on the cross for our sins. Blessed are the undefiled. Blessed are the clean, the pure. Blessed are they that walk in the law of the Lord. God wants us to be clean. You can only be cleansed and forgiven through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. We sang some wonderful songs today about the cross and, and the sacrifice and forgiveness. Listen to me carefully today. You don't want to be wrong about this issue. If you think turning over a new leaf or reforming or getting religion or getting baptized can wash away your sins, you're mistaken. The Bible doesn't teach that. It's not in the Word of God. There's only one way to be clean. There's only one way to be pure. There's only one way to be forgiven before God. And that's through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And how do we receive that? We receive that by faith. We come to God with repentance and faith and turn from our sin and put our faith in Christ and He forgives us. He saves us. He, he declares us to be righteous before Him. What about you today? Do you know you're saved? Are you sure you're going to heaven? Have you, have you settled that matter? If not today, you ought to be thinking about this. I want to know that I, my heart is right with God. But let me say also, those of us who are saved, that doesn't mean because we're saved that we can't allow sin into our life that will destroy our testimony, destroy our family, tear our lives apart. I'm telling you, we, we have to continually be acknowledging the sin. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Continually repenting and confessing and forsaking our sins. You know what, the, what Paul said to that church when he said a little leaven leavens the whole lump? He said this, purge out the leaven. Get it out of the midst. You know, in the Old Testament, it's not this Sunday year, it'd be more in the spring, but in the Old Testament, when they celebrated the Passover, 
one of the parts of celebrating the Passover, think about this, is they went through their entire house and made sure all the leaven was removed from the home. All of it. Every bit of leaven. Matter of fact, the first week of the Passover celebration, the Passover feast was called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We're to be diligent about sin. You say, preacher, don't you realize that most of the people here are saved and most of the people have been forgiven of their sins? I'm just telling all of us, we need to be diligent about keeping our lives right. Most of us do not err on the side of being too careful about keeping our lives straight. Most of us would probably admit we err on the side of being too lenient and passive about sin, sin of gossip, sin of lying, sin of deceiving, sin of hypocrisy. We ought to be diligent about it. And speaking of hypocrisy, that brings us to our final thought. And that is this matter in verse 15 of the leaven of the Pharisees. Take heed, he says to his disciples. What was the leaven of the Pharisees? In, Mark chapter, or in Matthew chapter 16, it calls us the doctrine of the Pharisees. Be warned about it. Be war- beware. Put a, put a danger sign before that in your mind. Beware of their teaching. It's like leaven. We co- we've covered in this uh, Sunday morning going through the Gospel of Mark before. A part of what they would do, they would take their elevation their traditions, and they would elevate their traditions above that of truth. That's a, he said, beware of that. That leaven will destroy you. In Luke chapter 12, he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Hear this, which is hypocrisy. That's one of the things the, le- the Pharisees were noted for, their hypocrisy. They were hypocrites. They were, they were actors. They were play actors. They were insincere. We used to say as kids, let's play like do y'all ever do that? Let's play like. Let's pretend. I like to play like I had a half a brain, really. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's pretend. You know what? A, a hypocrite is a pretender. He's an actor. Jesus said this about him. He's quoting from Isaiah's prophecy. And Jesus said this about him. With their, with their mouth, they worship me, they acknowledge me, but their heart is far from me. They say things that are suitable, but their heart is far from me. You know, we can all be guilty of that. What what would you say about a person, for instance, who would sing, All to Jesus, all to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. And that person's living in willful disobedience. What would you say about that person? Wouldn't you say that they're being hypocritical? How can you sing, all to Jesus I surrender, when all to Jesus you're not surrendering? That's hypocrisy. It wasn't just the Pharisees that could be guilty of being hypocrites. We could all be guilty of hypocrisy in our lives. Hypocrisy is acting or pretending that you're something that you're not. Why did Jesus even say this in verse 15? Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And I suggest it's because up in verse 11, he had just exposed the Pharisees' hypocrisy when they were saying, basically, if you'll show us a sign, then we'll believe. And he had showed them many signs that they weren't believed. They were hypocrites. 
All of us struggle with sin. I think we would agree with that. All of us have a tendency to do things or say things we shouldn't. But there's something worse than having a besetting sin or having a bad attitude. And that's having the sin and acting like it's okay. See, that's hypocrisy. That's hypocrisy. They were not only had doctrinal error, they not only had insincerity, but they were hypercritical. They were fault finders. They were known for that. These these Pharisees were known for that. They're, they're hypocrites. They're saying they love God when in their heart, their heart is wicked. They're saying that. And yet at the same time, they're finding fault with other people. Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. You get a little bit of that, it'll spread throughout your life. You get a little bit of that hyper critical spirit, it'll spread throughout your life. You get a little bit of that. You know what? You know what play acting is like? If a person, if a person is a hypocrite and they get away with it, it, it just they tend to continue to be hypocritical. It spreads. Leaven, it's like leaven, it spreads. False doctrine, a critical spirit, hypocrisy spreads and corrupts. Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. I'm not talking to you because we forgot to take bread. Where were you when I fed 10,000 people? It's not about the bread. It's about the Pharisees' doctrine, their behavior, their heart, their hypocrisy. Beware about it. And I want to say in conclusion, we need to take Jesus' warning seriously. Beware of leaven. It may be hidden. It may be small. But it's powerful, and it can spread. There are no sins that are of no consequence or significance. None of them. Right? None of them. You say, well, preacher, how, how often do you think we need to be warned about this? It probably wouldn't hurt if we was warned about it every day. That little thing that you excuse, that little thing you tolerate, that little thing that you don't feel so bad about because a lot of other people that say they're saved, they do it. Jesus said, put a big warning sign right there. Beware of the leaven because it'll spread. It'll spread. If you're here today and you're not saved, no matter how your sin compares to the sins of other people you know or other people in the world. You may not be a murderer, a serial killer, or even a bank robber. But that doesn't mean that you don't have a problem because all of us have sinned against God. And that, someone mentioned this just recently in a conversation where James said, if you've broken one part of the law, you've broken the whole law. We're guilty. And I don't, I don't say that to put you on a guilt trip, but I say it to help you. It's sin that separates us from God. The sin of lying, the sin of pride, the sin of deception and hypocrisy. All those sins separate us from God. And the only way to be Forgiven. The only way to be cleansed, the only way to be reconciled to God is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You must come to Him in faith and receive Him. 
You say, preacher, there must be more to it than that. That's everything there is. Because He already paid for your sin. He died for my sins. Every wicked thought, every ungodly word, every act of rebellion, He died for all of our sins. And when you come to God and receive Christ as your Savior, God forgives you, not because you deserve it, but because Jesus already paid for it. But you've got to receive Him as yourself, personally, individually, by faith. And today, maybe that's you, and that's what you need to do, and that's what you want to do. You ought to come today and let someone talk to you and pray with you about that. I'll be standing here at the front. But even if we are saved today, may this be a reminder to us that sin is like leaven, that if it's not dealt with, whatever it is, it has the tendency to spread, to permeate, eventually destroy. Amen?